Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Hannah Trainum. We recorded this last week at her home in Portland, Oregon. I want to thank Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan for sharing Get Up in the Cool online with their customers and increasing the reach of the show. Next time you need an instrument upgrade or new music gear, visit their online store at elderly.com. I'm going on tour next month with Jake Blunt. We're playing D.C., Baltimore, Lancaster, Brooklyn, New Haven, Providence, Boston, and Portland. So, if you're in any of those areas, RSVP on Facebook and please bring your friends. There are links in this episode's show notes. You can find those on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Stick around after the interview for details about Hannah's recorded works and an exciting upcoming event she's hosting. But first, here's my interview and jam with Hannah Trainum. Enjoy! Trainum, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me. We're in your house. Yes, <laughs> so glad thank to. you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, weeknight. Um, so I met you at the Portland All Time Gathering uh, two years ago at right. house party. I don't remember whose it was. I don't know if I met the host. <laughs> oh, I forget where that was too. Uh, I don't even know where in the city it was. <laughs> it was just where everyone was going. It was all a blur. And it was and it was all a little bit uh, intimidating mm-hmm. because the. Uh, the real party, I feel like, at the Portland Old Time Gathering is, like, at these houses, but you have to know, like, where to go. So I was having kind of, like, new kid in school syndrome. Uh, but I met you there, and you were, like, had a, you engaged me in conversation, and you were really friendly. And I was like, oh, it's really good to have someone to talk to. Awesome. That's good and, to hear. And then when I moved here uh, in August, um, you were, like, when I had a housewarming party, 
jam you came and uh i feel like you've done a lot to um deconstruct my like uh social anxiety moving to oh, the town wonderful. and i really appreciate that's it that's so good to hear <laughs> wow that's fantastic it's really important to me to make people feel comfortable and welcome and invited to these kinds of events and these scenes and when you hosted your own housewarming party of course i'm going to be there great <laughs> <laughs> and you made me a mug <laughs> just so yeah. lovely well you yeah. gave me a mug there's lots made. of mugs where, the, where yeah. that comes from but <laughs> well, i'm happy to give you a housewarming gift and yeah. uh, spread my work around <laughs> around to people that i like so what did you just play what was that that was um a wade ward tune and um it's titled lost indian but it's not the normal typical lost indian that we know of or the yeah. various versions that we've heard before um, in fact, that one was uh, mislabeled as um, a different tune name. I think that um, he he had told the the field recorders the wrong tune name, and they put it on the high atmosphere recording mm. as a different title. And then as later not found out, lost in right, okay. right, as a different tune name, half shaved, I believe he called it. So, which would then be confused with another yeah. half shaved, right? So um, I think that um, it was it got confusing there for a minute. So two slightly problematic titles. We're going I would by, prefer we're going the with Lost, Lost Indian, Indian now. <laughs> right. Let's go with that one for yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And you and you're playing um, with a tuning that you showed me that I have been basically exclusively using ever since you showed me. Are you sure? Uh, I which, think so. Which tuning is that? I mean, are you? This is a detuning with the fifth string drop down. Tune F sharp. Yeah. Is that the tuning that you? I've never been playing played with? that before. Oh, it's so easy to make a really cool it's tuning so sound. It's so easy and it sounds so good. I'm glad you've been using it. <laughs> yeah, Great. all the time. All right. You've changed my life. Oh wow! Wow, come <laughs> it's, on. It, no, it's it's so cool because it sound it makes uh, it kind of sounds like a fiddle in calico tuning mm, because it's like right. droning against a major third and it. Yeah, it's so lovely. Great. Is that a, I love how Wade Ward plays? I don't know exactly, but that is the tuning that he was using for that recording in particular. Yeah, yeah he said he had learned it from his brother who had take, brought it back from West Virginia. That's what I know of it. So, yeah, it's a really fun. You can just get lost in it, and uh, it's an entrancing tune, and it's really fun to play. Yeah. Where did you learn this tune? Um, I learned it off of the Harold Hausenfluck uh, banjo tape that he put out in back in 1990 and uh i learned a lot of those tunes off of that tape and uh i really like all the different tunings that harold put out there and he learned from various people um and i really like harold's take on um his tunes and his musicianship and um I picked this one up when I was particularly living in Seattle. I lived there for two years before moving to Portland and uh, studied all the tunes on this one on this one tape that Harold put out and decided to go ahead and make a tribute tape of my own of yeah. all those tunes since I knew most of them already. I just figured out the last couple and then put it together and uh, it was a good project for me. I really learned how to listen to recording at that point. Yeah. So when you say you learned from a tape, do you mean obviously he recorded it to a tape? Yes, in he did. Were you listening to a physical tape when you when you learned these tunes? Not in Seattle. Not in Seattle. No, but I guess when I was really learning from 
um, learning banjo in the beginning, I was hearing a lot of Harold Hausenfluck, possibly from tape that my dad would put on, but also through my dad's uh, interpretation of Harold's recordings as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I learned mostly from an MP3 recording of that tape. Sure. Mm-hmm. But you had uh, access to a tape that a man made of himself playing banjo, uh, which I think is notable because most people don't have that. I'm going to say countless tapes. Harold Harold was a recording engineer, I would say. And he would take around that big box and put it down on the floor on the ground between him and his jam buddies and let it roll. And those are the best tapes to listen to, honestly, because of the commentary in between tunes and then the musicianship of the (laughs) tunes themselves. But it is so fun to listen to and hear, like, my parents, when they were younger than me, talking with Harold and just, like, other people that I know pretty well. Do they say anything, like, embarrassing? Um, (laughs) Probably. (laughs) You don't have to say it on record, but, like... Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of of very embarrassing things. I mean, Harold is um, not known to be... um, the most, let's say... Um, self-censored? <laughs> self-censored, yes. Yeah. So I guess uh, the word crass comes to mind, and that's what, what really makes it entertaining for me. Lovely. I want to hear the tape. <laughs> There's lots of them out there. Oh, man. Yeah. hmm My dad just got... Uh, my dad's a good buddy of Harold's, so he and um, uh, some other folks recently received some tapes from Harold's collection and um, have been listening back on these old jams and old performances and things that they that Harold felt worthwhile to record. Your dad is Mac Trainum. That's right. He is a banjo player and maker yep. of note. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first names I heard getting into playing old time music, um, uh, going to festivals and people were like Mac Trainum, Mac Trainum. So when I met you, heard Trainum put it together. Uh, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and assume that he's the one who introduced you to this music. <laughs> That's a stretch. Yeah. No, actually, exactly. Okay. Great, great, great. Um, that's exactly where um, cool. America picked it up. Journalism. Very good, yeah. very yeah. good. Two and two together. Um, in fact, my my parents both played music before they met, and um, that's how they got uh, introduced in the, within the same community oh, in Blacksburg. So mom plays Virginia. as well. That's right. We got She's a stellar well. uh, guitar backup player and singer as well. So they have actually a couple of albums out. In fact, they first recorded on vinyl. And um, they have some really incredible duets and um, great tunes together. Um, how? What's your earliest memory of hearing this music? Well, I don't think I can remember much from within the womb, but okay. I would imagine that there's there. definitely yeah. like guitar rhythms that were uh, against my body, you know, when my mom was playing. I always um, so my my son theo who you've mm-hmm. met uh plays uh violin he's been playing for a couple months uh-huh. and it's uh leading up to him starting suzuki um i've been asking everyone who has kids on the show or was a kid of an old-time musicians mm-hmm. like what what do i need to do mm-hmm. when theo starts playing music to make sure that he doesn't hate it and that he likes it and it's a positive experience that's really important you grew up with the music mm-hmm. and you play it which means that Somewhere in the in your journey, like it worked, <laughs> something clicked, and you came back to it. Was it always positive? No, no, no. I, I couldn't stand the music for a good decade of my life. <laughs> 
and you might have to deal with a little bit of rebellion from Theo. He's oh yeah, he's and well into the yeah right <laughs> off the bat. When I gave him his his fiddle uh, for his birthday, he opened it up. And then he started crying and he left the room. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a great start. Um, well. So this is encouraging. So I you hated that, it. Yeah. For... Anyway, um, I, I couldn't stand it for a very long time. In fact, um, my brother, who's a little older than I, um, we would end up having to get drugged to these late night square dances and um, sleeping in instrument cases and behind stages and under under stages and um, I this I keep hearing hard. about sleeping in instrument cases like that's a recurring thing. I why <laughs> why if you forgot a sleeping bag that's the best thing the next best thing. Um, a good base case. I think my parents actually were a little bit more um, prepared. They would bring us like um, random sleeping bags and lots of uh, pillows, so we would set up a little nest sometimes okay. if we were really young. But then eventually we started getting up and running around. Yeah and. Um, I did a lot of running around with my brother at the Floyd um, County Friday night jamboree. And that's every Friday night. And uh, we'd go out there late and my dad would give us each $2. And we'd go get as much candy as we could afford with those $2. And to go run off and build a fort somewhere under a loading dock or in an an upstairs attic. There was a feed store next door. So we were um, just raising hell, knocking things over and totally (laughs) wrecking displays and running around on the dolly carts, pushing each other (laughs) through the wooden floors. (laughs) And um, we'd get so uh, just high on sugar. And then we So wait, how much candy could you buy for $2? A lot, actually. Like too much. (laughs) You would be able to buy a lunch bag full of candy. That's a little a good lo- paper haul. brown bag lunch bag. It's okay. a lot of candy. And I guess we would compile and trade and like you know yeah. do the kid thing. But um, and then you would just like then we'd crash hard. Yeah. But we would be crashing in the fort that we built, and my dad had no idea where we were. Yeah. So it was then a, tra- a, ca- a scavenger hunt for the kids. You know, at yeah. eleven o'clock at night, and we were just we were crashed out sleeping somewhere behind some boxes up in an attic somewhere. Is this the general vibe in, uh, in Floyd at the time? Like just, uh, this is a safe place. Kids can go exploring and get into stuff and it's going to be okay. We'll find them eventually. Absolutely. That's awesome. I I love that. I don't think my mom would share the same sentiment that my dad shared, but, um, I think that when, um, when we were set loose, it was great for my dad to get off and go play his tunes and music and enjoy that, uh, the dance scene there. And then, um, it was great for my brother and I to, you know, find some other kids and get into trouble and, maybe not get found out about it if we could help it yeah and um just establish some freedom and there was a lot of freedom so yeah it was great <laughs> sounds really nice it was so fun <laughs> idyllic even yeah so yeah. i didn't come around to wanting to play the music um for a really long time even though i had grown up going to these fiddlers conventions and um going to the friday night jamboree um it didn't occur to me until i left home for to go to college which was only two and a half hours away, but it was still farther away than I'd ever been. Mm. And I missed something. And eventually um, I decided to start playing some music. And I was like, well, this is the thought that went through my head. Guitar, everybody plays that. 
fiddle too hard. Yeah. So maybe I'll just play banjo. <laughs> no Goldilocks situation, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, just lo and behold, it, it turns out that my dad builds banjos. And yeah. uh, I went home and he handed me one that he had sitting around for a long time in the closet. And um, he told me later on that uh, the banjo that I play now is one that he made back when I was a baby. Mm. And he figured that if he if I ever grew up to want to play, yeah. that this banjo would be mine. Okay, so this one. Yeah, here, this is the one. This is your this like is baby it. banjo. It's as old as I am. Oh my god. Okay, so had you ever expressed any interest in playing up until you like went to college? I had played around with the mandolin. Okay. Um not for more than about six weeks or so back right. when I was about 10 or 11. Right. I played a little bit of piano, but um, I didn't have the same discipline that my piano teacher would have liked me to have. So I, I kind of dropped that yeah. early on. I played trumpet in the middle school band. Okay. But since that trumpet experience, um, band was really uncool in my high school. I was more yeah. of a jock, so I would do all gotcha. the sports, and yeah, <laughs> that was more important to me. So, um, yeah, I dropped music for a long time, and then when I started um, uh, to get interested, it wasn't until college, when I was like 21. So when you came to your dad and said, like, I'm interested in playing banjo, was this like... How dramatic was this, <laughs> this so interchange? This might be helpful for you with your Theo yeah. experiences. Like, he didn't put any pressure on me. Yeah. And I didn't feel any pressure. Yeah. And so it became more of this, like, okay, this is my choice, and I can see how far this goes, and I don't have to feel like I need to impress anybody with this. Yeah. This is just for me. And um, without having him, like, really putting any pressure on me, it made it feel more um, freeing and more like a, I don't know, uh, an opportunity to pick up a skill that I felt like was already in there, just yeah. uh, wanting to finally come out. I guess what I'm wondering is when you finally said, I want to play banjo, like, was it like, a, oh, finally? <laughs> or was he just like, oh, good. Yeah. It didn't great. come across as an oh, finally. Yeah. It didn't come across that way. And I'm glad that it didn't because then there would have been some... Uh, some feeling where I would be like, oh, well, I need to impress then. I yeah. need to make sure that I'm really, like, solid at this. But that never was something that felt uh, necessary. Wow. So Good job, Mac. I know. I feel right? like that's hard for dads. <laughs> like, sometimes, <laughs> it like, it's like, I don't know how to connect. Like, a lot of dads are like, I don't know how to connect to kids. But, like, as long as we connect on, like, the one thing that I'm interested in, oh, <laughs> you right. know. And yeah. then, like, so that's really cool that, like, he was able to just, you know. Well, it's good of you to recognize that in yourself and in other yeah. dads, too. <laughs> and it's good to be open to whatever your kid is interested in and support that, yeah. especially if it's a creative endeavor that they are interested in pursuing. Yeah. Well, um, you got some more tunes? I sure do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm in that detuning kind of, and um, I'm going to take my fifth string back up. I break a lot of strings, yeah. by the way. Um, why? Why? <laughs> Did you see that? Um, Are these medium gauge strings? I haven't changed these strings in about a year, so yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, there's something on there. Yeah, there's something on there. There's a, probably a combination of them, actually. I should mention that I don't really know the names of the string 
notes where they're at. Um, I've never really learned any sort of theory or tab with banjo. It's all just been by ear. And so that can really get me tangled up mm. sometimes if I don't have my roadmap pretty clear to where I'm going next. lost pretty easily but it actually is down here I think I think I need to keep this string down here that's it something wasn't quite, quite sounded quite right <laughs> yeah. I was like what is that uh, so yeah so F sharp D A B E I've never heard of this ever this is so bizarre <laughs> it sounds awesome This is a, a tune called Singin' Birds that my dad learned from Maggie Hammonds. Hmm. And that's out of the Hammonds family of West Virginia. Very good. Yeah. So uh, I learned this one from him and uh, figured it was a good one to share with you. tunes in that tuning yeah actually um that is so cool uh, it might be a bird theme tuning but little birdie is another one
That's so cool. Yeah, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's more, but uh, I don't know necessarily what that is. Interesting. So um, I'm I haven't really dived into uh, solo banjo listening because oh man for for me like my entry into all time music has been um, public jams and things mm-hmm. like that and playing at festivals and playing with people mm-hmm. in public places and um, a lot of the uh, edges get worn off of the tunes and the specific traditions and things uh, like that, right. which is great for accessibility and inclusivity and things like that. For sure. You know, serves a very particular purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I don't get to hear things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'm wondering, like, when you were growing up and, like, listening to um, your folks play, what was... What was the music like? Because I know that some people play very communally, but then they have their own personal sort of playing. Uh, I wouldn't even say discipline, but their own sort of practice. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I have these tunes that are solo. What, did you hear a lot of like solo banjo music growing up? I guess the most solo banjo that I would hear was my dad practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, my dad's all about the, the dance band, gotcha. you know, and he loves singing with my mom. So there's a variety of stuff that he'll do. Um, yeah. But I think that a lot of the solo stuff I was hearing was um, most likely him practicing his banjo. And sometimes yeah. my mom, she plays a little bit of banjo as well. Yeah. Um, yeah maybe in the recording that Harold put out of that banjo tape was yeah. where I heard a majority of those obscure tunings and I heard a lot of the names of people that um, I wanted to dig further into finding out what their tunes were. Yeah. So um, when you... This is still like a kind of a newer area, so I'm figuring out how to ask the right questions mm-hmm. about this. But um, is the tradition of like solo uh, banjo playing, is the idea like this t- this tune is played in this tuning specifically mm-hmm. and you play it this way. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. who who are the banjo players you you listen to? Oh, well, a lot of like Hobart Smith. Hobart Smith. I mean, you've got that last chance tuning cuz the tune last chance yeah. fits so well in it and I was hoping to play that one soon. Sh- yes, yeah. please. Okay. <laughs> um and uh definitely some Wade Ward. Um and Clarence Ashley. Um yeah, those are some some solid names that I mm. I do do some listening to. It's really special uh, the the tunings because like you know because I've I've spent so much of my time like trying to figure out how to play banjo as an accompanying instrument. Mm-hmm. When I try to play by myself, I've often found that like oh there's something that's like quite, kind of not quite right, and I think it might sometimes have to do with the tunings that I'm using mm. being um, maybe not the they're not maximizing the potential of a tune. And when you play in this really wacky tuning, like mm-hmm. I, I like music musicologically, to me it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like the pathways looking at oh, your that's fingers. The problem. It's bonkers. I don't to know look anything at. about musicality. Yeah. So uh, theory wise, it makes a lot of sense to my ear. <laughs> but it makes so much sense to the ear. Yeah. It completely fills the space. The overtones mm-hmm. are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the sacrifice of um, laying things out in a sort of quote unquote logical way for mm-hmm. like the uh, the kinesthetics of figuring out where the notes are mm-hmm. seems to be totally worth it because it the sound is so complete. 
Mm-hmm. That is so neat. <laughs> it is complete, but it's also not rounded out like the sound of a guitar chord in a major or minor sound. Yeah. It's definitely got a lot of in-betweens. You're not really playing chords. No, But no. you are playing multiple notes at the same time. Yes, yes yeah. I am. <laughs> but they're not really chords. And yeah, yeah it's amazing. I, I guess there's a modality to each different tuning, and I guess yeah. Wade Ward would call it an atmosphere, depending on the way the banjo is tuned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is great. This is like really widening my paradigms right now. Wonderful. This is awesome. <laughs> great. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so when you, uh, started playing banjo Mm -hmm. in college, Mm -hmm. um, was it so that you could play like by yourself and like have this thing, or did you start finding the music to play with other people? Mm, That's a really good question. Um, it was mainly because I wanted to play music with other people. Yeah. So that was my drive. Um, but I'm a little embarrassed to say that I didn't really know the difference between old time and bluegrass until I went to a couple of bluegrass jams and found out that that was not necessarily what I wanted to play. Yeah. Uh, because that was not a world that I was familiar with. Everyone would be standing up the whole time and, um, you would have to take... (laughs) Why did they do that? I don't know. (laughs) It was very formal. Just relax. And... (laughs) Then uh, everyone would, um, you know, take their instrumental break, and I can appreciate that aspect of getting a chance to um, let your voice be heard through the instrument and celebrate that voice throughout the entire jam. Yeah. But whenever it was my turn, I would freak out and just sort of shy away and not mm. want to claw hammer a solo in this particular tune. Sure. Um, and I got a little frustrated when this amazing fiddler would be taking his break and I would be rocking around rocking with that and then uh he would stop or she would stop playing mm-hmm. altogether. I'm like wait we were just getting something getting yeah. somewhere you know let's keep playing you did a good thing <laughs> let's do it again keep going <laughs> yeah why stop <laughs> so yeah that that whole solo nature of it was kind of jarring to me because um I noticed that in old-time music I just really like to sit down and um get into a groove with people and like sometimes you can really trans um, transfer to really amazing places without even um, really acknowledging how that a a current moment um, can really just transport you to um, a deeper level of connection and um, a new way to relate to a person without words you know yeah yeah words are hard words can be so limiting yeah I'm an art teacher yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I try to keep that uh, understanding alive in my classroom and let my students express themselves through other means. I listen. I feel like I listen to words a lot better too after I li- after I hear someone play music. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe a little more forgiving. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good. Um, I want to ask you about um, moving from Virginia. Mm-hmm to the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. and then taking your music with you. But first, can you play uh, another tune? I'm not even sure. counting at this point. I don't know how many we're up to, but. This is the version that Clarence Ashley plays or something close to it.
so high so I can see Willie. Willie or insert any two syllable name there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I cut that one. I uh, give you an abbreviated version of that one for um, time's sake. Oh how many verses are oh, there? Oh I don't know a bunch more. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ones you chose. <laughs> well there's one about the gambling in right. England and Spain you know and yeah. uh, sometimes there's a verse about um, I sometimes sit and wonder what makes women love men and what makes men love them. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting one. That is an interesting yeah. one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a couple more out there. And I'm sure there's tons more now with all the contemporary versions of Cuckoo Bird that are out there. Yeah. Hmm. So you grew up in Floyd. That's right. And you moved to Seattle. Did you move right, right to Seattle? Were there places in between? No place in between. Yeah, just right there. Straight up. For school? No, or... actually, just to get the hell out of southwestern Virginia. Why did you want to get the hell out of southwestern Virginia? <laughs> you know, it's hard to leave when you're from such a small rural situation. Yeah. It is very difficult to get out sometimes. And uh, honestly, I could have seen myself staying and living a happy life there, but... Um, I'd always been drawn to the Northwest. Uh, I have an aunt who lives out there, my mom's sister. Mm. And um, she 
opened her arms and doors to have me come and move out after college. And uh, I took that opportunity to, you know, try out something new. And, um, you know, I knew from the day that I left that I would want to be back in the Appalachian Mountains mm. somewhere. So um, it it's uh, definitely where my heart lives is in the mountains. But it was good to to leave for a little bit. It was so good to leave. Um, It's been eight years. Yeah. And um, it's been a really wild journey. And um, I wouldn't trade it for the world because I've learned so much about myself and about the world. And um, some of the lessons have been beautiful and easy and some of them have been so difficult. So, um, yeah, it's been really a growing experience. Yeah. So what are the like top three hardest lessons? No. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's get into it. No, um, yeah, I uh, I just moved back after seven years of being right. in Philadelphia, uh-huh. and uh, I think similar <laughs> similar feelings. It's so different. Yeah, <laughs> in so many ways. And right. I'm so different, and now I see this place really differently. Right. We're in Portland now as we're recording this. And are you happy to feel at home again? I always knew I wanted to come back. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm able to appreciate it and understand it a little more. In a different way. Yeah. It's so important, or uh, I don't know, I should say it's so, let's say, it's so fantastic to have a connection to where you're from. It's pretty unusual, really. A lot of um, individuals don't carry such a rich... um, just desire to be back where they're from, you know, is that more often yeah. it's a struggle to get out, get the hell away. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm very lucky to have such a rich connection to where I'm from and a desire to be there. Hmm. So when you brought your music to mm-hmm. Seattle, how was that? <laughs> There's an amazing old time music scene in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. So I brought my old mountain, southwestern Virginia regional style of banjo playing and felt like, well, you know, maybe I should play more melodic or Hmm. more, um, let's say, like clean, crisp edges. Hmm. I need to tighten up and play up the neck more. And I felt a little bit of pressure on myself. Yeah. To like play in a more, um, let's say, Northwest style. Sure. Because I didn't know how my um, really raw and unrefined and uh, let's say um, uh, not as melodic Uh methods of playing were coming across to people out here in the Northwest. But I decided that I didn't want to have to relearn how to play the banjo. So I just kept playing the way I play and it's been fine it's been great I would imagine it would be received very well it was in fact it was more so than I anticipated so um, it's been really fun Um, people are hungry for like authenticity and source yeah Yeah. which I didn't realize I had no idea about that so now I'm, I'm glad to play in the style that my dad taught me how to play in the specific region of southwestern Virginia that I grew up in yeah very cool I'm glad that 
I'm glad that those thoughts were dispelled quickly. Yeah. Being self-conscious can make you think funny things sometimes. Yeah, well, in that yeah. case. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt similar things coming down south and being like, oh, I hope it's this is okay. Mm. I don't know how to play mm. the right way. You know? Yeah, I imagine so. And so I uh, hope like, I don't piss anyone off. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought of it in that direction. But yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I don't um, want to be seen as some sort of like, you know, like... Yankee <laughs> liberal elite or something and like I know. taking over the banjo and doing silly things to it, you know. Uh, so. so there's always um, different takes on these instruments and I think that your playing style is actually real, like fantastic. Well, thanks. Super skillful. I'm not, I'm not fishing for I know. Oh, no, I didn't think that either. But, um, <laughs> I'm just no, saying just I like can skillful like... Skillful and it's hard to do that kind of thing and tastefully. So, yeah, I admire that. Um, well, something that helps in playing... Um, tastefully is um playing untastefully for a very long time <laughs> yeah. and just getting it all out of my oh, system good. and i've got a lot left to go but oh, I'm on, so we're shedding that just untastefulness. Purging. good good That's but important. it's gotta go somewhere someone's gotta hear it <laughs> no. <laughs> two more and then a bonus track is that good yeah that sounds good? perfect cool. yeah I'm going to play a shady grove version from sydna and fulton myers they're a, a duo out of the southwestern Virginia region. Uh, this has been really nice. Um, so, like, sometimes I have, you know, relationships with people who are, uh, do music. My main interaction with them is they're being hospitable. You know, mm -hmm. they're hosting a party or they're hosting a jam, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. And that's kind of, like, mainly the way that I've known you right. is in the, like, making people comfortable space. But I haven't really gotten to just listen to you play yet. The things that you like to play mm -hmm. by yourself when you're not, um, 
uh, yeah, like trying to lead a jam or mm-hmm. make sure that the new people at the jam feel welcome, but also know to behave, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <and> like things <laughs> yeah, like that, okay. you know, and like, you know, you so expertly do all that <laughs> stuff, but it's so nice to hear you just play what you play, um, you. when you don't have to worry about any of those other things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, can't imagine that <laughs> this is the perfect way that I would want this to go, just to listen to you play these two. Wonderful. Tunes. That's such a compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you have one more tune that right. you're going to play for us. Gotcha. But before then, um, you have things that people can buy and and look up and, and look forward to and look forward to right yes good yeah i'll be happy to talk about those things Please. um first off um i do have um a family project the Trainum family and yeah. uh my folks and i put out a cd a couple years back <laughs> and uh there's a lot of good fiddle and banjo duets and also some three-part harmony singing on that oh. so it's a really fun family three-part family harmony project. singing oh i can't yeah. wait <laughs> check that it's out like carter family 2.0 shoot um then there's a, a project that um i i was lucky enough to become involved in in seattle um Brittany newell kate lichtenstein and uh katie harris um, are some fantastic women that uh, we joined forces and became the Barn Owls about six years ago now. And uh, we have one CD. We've been talking about getting another one together, but yeah. now we all live in very um, distant places, and so it's difficult to get together enough. But we are playing at the Hiawatha Music Festival in the UP of Michigan this summer okay. in July. So we're looking forward to getting together, getting some practice going, and... Um, uh, teaching some workshops and uh, giving some performances there. Great. We've never been, so we're looking forward to it dramatically. Right, Michigan listeners show up. That's right. Michigan's a big place. I don't know, <laughs> you know where that is. The is pretty but... far up there, but okay. it's probably worth the haul. <laughs> yeah, great, great, great. <laughs> I heard, I've heard it's a really fantastic festival. Hmm. Um, and then I wanted barn to owls? mention... That's the Barn Owls. Thank yeah. you. And um, my project here, currently in Portland is um, called the Decom Duet. And this is a duet project that I have with uh, Marion McRae Herman. And um, Marion is part of a, a family of musicians here in Portland who are really prevalent in the community yes. and active and yes. fantastic people and musicianship all around. So I'm really, I feel very lucky to have um, been uh, part of that uh family connection here it feels like they're yeah. my own family you know away from oh, home good yeah it feels good so we're working on a cd um we're pulling together some tracks that um that we're recording with um alan garen who owns the church of acoustic redemption yes in st john's <laughs> and that is an amazing space in fact I am uh, looking forward to hosting my sixth annual gospel event for sinners and saints there um <laughs> Basically, that's coming up on May 19th, and it is uh, a really wonderful opportunity to get together and share gospel-themed music. And I'm saying loosely gospel-themed music. When I moved out to the Northwest, I found that there weren't many um, 
gospel songs being shared or sung or um, anywhere to hear them, really. Is it because it's less religious? I would imagine so. I mean, I'm from the Bible Belt, pretty much. And I grew up going to church and singing the hymns and, you know, singing the harmony parts and following my mom on her harmony parts. And uh, so I kind of... It's a great reason to go. Yeah. (laughs) That's not the same incentive out here. No, it's not the same incentive. In fact, it's, yeah, right. There's kind of a, um, this gospel event is kind of a secular approach to sharing gospel music. And honestly, there's, there's no better venue for this. This church is more than a hundred years old. It's not utilized as a church anymore. Alan is a sound engineer. He records these uh, performances. I just ask a lot of my friends and acquaintances to come and play. And um, basically, there's a whiskey bar in the back of the church. And so we have mimosas and coffee all day and um, whatever you can think of. And a full potluck, shared lunch. And it's just a really fun time to share music, share community, and um, really enjoy in um, each other's presence in that old sanctuary sound. Mm. And it seems, right, I'm it definitely like, going to RSVP when I get yes, home. Yes, good, do it. Plan <laughs> it sounds on it. awesome. Um, and that church just resonates, you know, in this reminiscence of its old sounds. It's really cool to, like, feel that coming back from the walls of the, of the building. Mm. So, And it's usually a beautiful time of year with the lilacs blooming and, you know, sunshine and mm. warm. And um, I think that might be it for the things that I have that are exciting about coming up. That's a great, great <laughs> list. So, Barn Owls. Deacon Duet. That's right. And um, the uh, gospel, what, what is the official name? The of it? gospel event for sinners and saints. The gospel event for sinners and saints. Um, is all that stuff findable on the internet one way or the um, other? Most <clears throat> of it is. I would imagine um, just sending a quick email would be the best way to find Great. out more information because Great. I don't quite have an, an event page set up for the gospel event yet, but I will be very soon. Cool. And um that should be on Facebook, and then the the Barn Owls and the Decom Duet have not been very active online. Okay, <laughs> just to throw that out. So there. you and me will talk. There's we'll figure out a way to get that CD okay. to people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. It's and out there. Oh, the CD. Stick around for the outro. <laughs> yeah, the CD in particular is uh, on CD Baby. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll include a link in the in the stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, what are you gonna play last? I'm gonna us? play Last Chance. <laughs> Perfect. Is that convenient? Perfect. How do you feel about the E major? Very good. Positive things. Good. <laughs> All right, this is going to be fun. All right, we ready? Thanks so much, Hannah. This has been awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, Cameron. Yeah. This has been really fun. Ready?
Check out the show notes for links to Hannah's CDs with the Barn Owls and the Trainum family. You should also like and follow the Barn Owls on Facebook so you'll be the first to know about their upcoming shows. If you're in Michigan, make sure to catch them at the Hiawatha Traditional Music Festival. And if you're in the Portland, Oregon area, come on out to the 6th Annual Gospel Event for Sinners and Saints. I hope to see you there. Thanks again to Elderly Instruments for all your support. You can visit Elderly Instruments' online store at elderly.com. If you want to hang out with me twice a week, I have another podcast called Think Outside the Box Set. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts or boxset.website. And if you're in the Northeast, don't forget to RSVP on Facebook to my shows with Jake Blunt in the second half of April. I included links in the show notes. That's all for now, friends. Thank you for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.